Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And good morning, everyone. And happy Tuesday. And welcome to Fight Club. Good morning. Hello. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts joined this week by our guest, Ryan Fox. And we want to just welcome you to the show, Ryan. And can you please give your uh, give our listeners, excuse me, a brief introduction of yourself and your businesses? All three, please. Yep. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk to everybody. Um, we've been in, me and my business partner first started in 2009. Uh, my business partner's name is Brett Madison. And uh, we started as a true removal landscaping company. Uh, we grew that for 2012 when we decided to get into Christmas lights and then we, um, to supplement the wintertime income. And then we started uh, in 2015 doing gutter cleaning power washing. Um, that's Outback Gutter Vac. And we were the very first franchise licensee. We were the first licensee and then franchise to prove the model. Um, and then in 2016, we stepped away from the uh, tree business and landscaping and went in on the, just the lights and gutter cleaning power washing and been doing that since. And then this year we started uh, Concrete Coatings all year, which is our uh, concrete coatings company. Um, and then we're also certified trainers for Clippa. So we train, I think we've trained probably a couple hundred people this year to how to start a Christmas light installation company and run it successfully and everything. Awesome. Well, and we're I'm located in the north of Atlanta, Georgia and Buford. So. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. You, sound, you sound busy. Yeah. <laughs> busy, busy. There's always something going on, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I feel like everyone needs to take their notepads out today because we're going to be hitting some key points with Ryan. We've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> well, Ryan, I know you very well. Uh, my name is Taylor Maroney again for anyone who's new to the show. Um, I used to work for a couple marketing companies in the past and still works on some marketing stuff currently. So about six years in the marketing industry. And I found my passion for business owners and helping them by understanding the analytics behind those numbers. So what they mean, how they can make choices moving forward with that. I also co-own a pressure washing company in South Florida with my husband called Pure Power Washing. And I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Ryan. And thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. So it's like, I'm sharing, navigating. Hello, good morning. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I like to educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. Um, I do this through my accounting company called Likes Accounting Company um, and through online teachings uh, called Bookkeeping Academy Online. And I too own a gutter cleaning company uh, with my husband, Jeff, window cleaning and gutter cleaning company. And uh, Ryan has recently joined my mastermind group. So uh, welcome to Fight Club. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. And I'm Michelle Ryan. Nice to see you again. You I think we met, we've met a long time ago and then we met again in Atlanta. So it's good to see you. Yep. Um, Michelle Myers and I am the systems guru today. So we're going to talk a lot about how you manage all three of those companies. And one of the things I do full time is run pink collars, which is an outsourcing of your CSRs, customer service reps or office managers. So we can help you with all of that customer care if you need that assistance. So we're super excited to have you here and I can't wait to get to know you better. Welcome to Thank Fight you. Club. Yep. Thanks. And my name is Martha Woodward and I am the owner of Dusting Divas, which is in a neighboring state. And then I am the co-founder of Quality Driven Software. And really my mission is to help people build happier workplaces. So I'll be interested to talk to you about how you navigate the three businesses, which all have people. Yep. <laughs> you know, so you depend on a lot of people to carry off all your services. So we'll have some good conversations around that. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I think we'll go ahead and I'm going to start with you, Ryan, and kind of just talk a little bit about marketing. And I know that I've gotten to work with you in the past on some marketing stuff. So I, at the huge convention, we talked about how you brought on a marketing manager, which I think is yep. awesome and super exciting. So I know there's some business owners out there that may be in this process right now. Um, so 
when you were looking for the marketing manager, what was some of the key priorities that you were, uh, or key tasks that you were looking her, her or him to accomplish when joining y'all's company? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's a good move. Um, to we gave her the title of a marketing coordinator is what we wound up calling it, but it means manager, coordinator, whatever. Um, so what we did is we looked at it as the biggest one is social media, right? I didn't have the time as a CEO to be posting on social media like I needed to. Um, and you can hire companies, but they don't know your company in and out, right? So I think social media, you have to have that hand on it. They have to know what you do, get updated pictures and stuff. So well, my marketing coordinator, she goes out to job sites, will take photos and videos, and then she comes back and puts it up and makes, you know, uh, all her posts on social media and stuff like that. So she she does everything from Facebook, Instagram, she's starting TikTok, like, so she does all that. So that's like her number one thing, I think, is what she's been doing. And um, she's doing giveaways on there. She's, you know, our, our Facebook alone and Instagram has gone like off the charts. I mean, I've been at trainings now training people and they're like, dude, your Facebook and Instagram is on fire. They're like, your stuff is, is really awesome. And I'm like, oh, that's Jessica. That's not me. Like, I just give her some ideas and she runs with it. You know, that's why I hired her. Um, but it wasn't honestly the to hire that role. I was thinking it was going to be like an outrageous amount of money. It really wasn't. She just graduated and she couldn't find a job in the marketing industry. Nobody would hire her without two years of experience. So it's a win-win for us. She can come and work a couple of years for us and help us grow. And then if she wants to move on, then awesome. And, you know, maybe she stays with us as we grow and, you know, maybe we wind up making a marketing company within our company, you know, for our stuff is kind of like what I see maybe in the future, you know? Um, but she's getting the experience and all this to run a multi-million dollar company, you know, um, with marketing wise. So she's doing that. And then she, she manages everything for our marketing for the businesses. So um, we use Mr. Pipeline and they do all of our SEO and AdWords. Well, she manages all that for them. So she goes on there and on the dashboard and actually takes it all and looks at it. And she goes and puts it in a spreadsheet for me so I can actually see the numbers month to month to month to month. Cause I'm a real numbers person. So the dashboard's great, but I want to look at it like what's this month versus last month versus last month and see the trends. Um, so she just done that for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, then she builds new marketing ideas for us, flyers, you know, uh, door hangers, anything we need like that, you know, so she handles all of that stuff for us. Awesome. That's amazing. So a couple of key things I heard in all of that was one, this was low cost, which is fantastic yep. because there are business owners that, and I know my husband's one of them, cannot stand social media. He hates social media. He's not a fan of it. It's just not his world that he likes to be in. So if it's not your world and it's not something yeah. you enjoy doing, why keep that task on your plate? Like Michelle always says, automate, uh, delegate or delete. So figure out a way to get it off your plate. So that way we can be able to focus on the things that you're really good at. And it sounds like you're good at analyzing the numbers and you're good at analyzing the trends and the data, but pulling that data is a, a task you don't want to handle. You don't want to yeah. do. So again, you're able to have her completely handle everything from photos. So you're not relying on text to show up on jobs and take before and after photos. Cause I think we can all attest to that. Sometimes that doesn't go very well. They take the before or they forget to take the after or they take the after and not the before. So <laughs> that's something that you have her in a delegated task for that. She can be able to build all of these social media posts off of that from there and be able to work with your marketing company while bringing in the data to you so you can be able to read and analyze it better. I think that's a yep. fantastic move. Um, and like you said, low cost. It is true. There are yeah. a lot of, I grew up and did the whole college thing for graph design and wanted to get into the marketing world. It's very hard to get into those worlds without that two to three years of experience. There exactly. Really that's what, on yeah. It. We actually had two great candidates um, came down to and I actually um, I talked to a mentor that I know in the marketing industry and he told me to um, have him do a competition. So I actually made like a mock uh, thing. I gave him like, okay, we want to grow our business to this so much revenue we're doing. We want to grow it to this. What do you, what would you, this so much money I want to put behind it. What would you recommend? And I made them like do a uh, pretty much work it up and do it for me, two different scenarios. And they both like did awesome. Honestly, I wish I could hire them both. Um, but at the time it just wasn't feasible for us. Uh, but you know, it was, it was like, I was like, wow. I'm like, I was blown away how quickly we hired the position, honestly. Like it was, that was back, back in May when we did that. So yeah. So it's and been that's more, actually, about six months. 
that's a very common way to uh, most craft design marketing companies do do these test runs with uh, clients coming in or potential employees coming in, excuse me. So if anyone is in the market looking for some form of a marketing uh, coordinator, marketing manager, someone, excuse my pug, I'm sorry, um, that needs to take over that role and you have multiple, do run a competition like that. Run something where you can actually see their work, understand how their brains operate and how they're going to be able to provide that data for you because then you'll be able to see whether or not that is a cultural fit as well for your company. Because mm -hmm. They are going to be working directly. Like you said, she works directly with the technicians when she goes out in the field. She works with you guys in the office. She coordinates with everyone in the business to make sure these social media posts are being authentic, true, and showing that company culture. So it's also a way to kind of de to detect whether or not they will fit into that in the beginning without having to input them right into the business to find that out later. Yeah, I think that's important, hitting on the culture too, um, which I know we'll get into that with Martha in a little bit, um, but that's something we focused on in the past year and a half, two years. So I think that's very important to make sure that that person fits culture with your company, so. Absolutely. Well, um, I will, I do have to touch briefly on your Christmas lights and then I'll let yep. you go to Megan. Um, so you're in like the heart of your crazy season right now. Oh yeah. And I know a lot of people talk about Christmas lights. It's like the talk of every convention pressure washing wise that I've been to. Everyone wants to do this during their winter season. Um, but you said something interesting before the show. You don't start like in October. You're you're hanging lights beginning of September and starting to move that forward into the real heart of your season, which we're in right now in November, December. So I just have one marketing question for you. And that would yep. be when um, do you recommend someone who is getting involved in Christmas lights to start that marketing plan? So your first year, um, your residential, um, the, the lead flow really opens up November 1st uh, for most people. Uh, but once you really get established, obviously they get sooner, earlier and earlier and earlier, but it's like after Halloween is literally when it starts going. So I would recommend having your marketing going like the end of August. Um, that way you already have that going and stuff and everything. Um, obviously, once you get to the size we're at, you're going to keep it going uh, year round, um, especially commercial, uh, the large commercial jobs like big outdoor shopping centers, amusement parks, botanical gardens, stuff like that. All those contracts are awarded usually by May of the, the of like, so May next year, they'll be awarded for this year. Um, so that stuff you need to be doing like now into like, the early spring to get those awarded. Uh, but obviously you're not going to go after those size jobs your first year. But um, I would definitely recommend August, um, September, you need to be out marketing. I mean, this weekend alone, my office manager told me we had a hundred leads come in just on email for Christmas lights. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's not even phone calls. Like just emails, a yeah. hundred leads. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I, I like that you said August. I was hoping you were going to go that route. And I know your your marketing brain works this way, too. But um, reason Ryan is saying that is you do need time to build those campaigns as working with a marketing team and working with someone, uh, a company, an organization who's going to be handling that. So you do need the time to build those campaigns properly, put in negative keywords, do some A-B testing, things of that sort. So that way you are prepared when that busy season hits on November 1st. So I appreciate you kind of um, going through all of that. And it's it's funny you brought up social media with, um, I think you said her name was Jessica, using you know Instagram and all yep. these different outlets. Megan, I actually was, I'm officially all signed up for Nice Job. It's, it's good. I'm a paying customer of Nice Job now. It took me forever. Did you use our coupon code for $50 off? I, I did. hope you did. I, did. <laughs> I used my coupon okay. code for $50 off. And I got the notification when I was, I actually jumped on before the show today just to check a few things. And Joel popped up in my little messenger and he was like, hey, by the way, guess what we have? And I was like, oh, let's see what's going on here. They've got Instagram now. They're, you're able to share all of these reviews, not only on Facebook, like we've already been loving and doing, but on Instagram as well, which is fantastic because that's a whole new clientele, a whole new market that we can be able to break into with new homeowners. And it's automatic. Like uh, you're not sharing, you're not paying a social media yeah. manager. You're just getting the review and then it's automatically going to Instagram. It's so cool. And Facebook. So cool. Oh, I'm so excited for you. So have you gotten your first review yet? Um, so we, uh, we have, we've gotten one review. I actually don't have it pulled up, but I'll, I'll have to bring it up for next show. So that way you guys can have it. But 
it's it is the nice of the ease of the automatic just being able to sign up so quickly and you go through that two-week trial where they're reaching out working with you personally so if, if reviews are an area you struggle with if this is an area you do need to delegate or um, have someone start automate you can definitely reach out to nice job and go to get.nicejob.com and use our coupon code for fifty dollars off and that will be able to help you automate that task off your plate and be able to move forward and start focusing on some more things for your business so exciting i'm so excited i'm proud of you Yay! Go nice job. Um, we have to ask Ryan. Do you use a review management software? Yeah, we do. Do you use nice job or one of the others? Nope. Um, the marketing company I have, they have a white labeled one that we use. That's been awesome. I mean, we have for gutter cleaning, power washing. We have like almost 165 star reviews. So I definitely recommend getting one. Um, it's just we. This is what we've had, so it's worked. So it's kind of like why switch it? You know why? Yeah. change something that's working uh but i would recommend like we're not on the cheap low side for our prices we're definitely middle higher end and so many people say they go with us they don't even get other quotes because of our reviews so i would recommend whatever it is i don't I mean nice job i've no i've talked to them they're awesome they have great products I, lo I love what they're doing but just have something because the reviews is you know so many people go and read reviews so Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, I want to talk to you about money yep. and I kind of want to talk to you about Christmas light money because it's <laughs> crazy money. Um, yep. And you seem to have a, like a very generous heart of serving. So you are teaching Christmas light businesses to other businesses. So I felt like you're the per perfect person to talk to about the money of Christmas lights. Yep. So I've heard some pretty crazy radical numbers. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, like a classic week or classic day um or a classic season of christmas lights yeah i mean i can so for us i mean we've been doing it for what nine years now so i mean it's taking time to get it up to this where we're at but i think like this week we'll have we have four crews running this week right now one's out of town um in Destin, florida doing a state big job and then three crews are here and then i'm starting another crew probably next week but this week we'll do about one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in christmas lights with four crews that's six days that's, a week let's say yeah. that again uh, i thought you said eight days a week and i was like oh that's how no, you did it you added days, an extra day in your week yeah. six so in a six day work week you're doing a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars across four crews yeah that's amazing four, four crews yeah. people how how many of you do like a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars in a year right in 12 months and ryan's gonna be like eh, you know hold my beer i'm gonna do it in a week um <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so impressed. Okay. So <laughs> Denise says, wow. Um, let's, let's talk about expectations of a first season. Cause you clearly yeah. have a very evolved business and you oh, yeah. have done a great job with marketing. Um, and then we'll ask, we'll answer Elizabeth's question in just a second, but let's talk about like a first year. Yeah. So I've seen anybody anywhere from like, you know, little as $20,000 a year. And I've seen guys do over $150,000 the first year of installs. Um, I'm pretty sure I know a couple of guys that are probably going to do blow that out of the water this year um, that uh, that I know personally, but they have other really successful companies that they're piggybacking off of. Um, so they have the infrastructure already in place, the people in place. So it's just, you know, multiplying the business you already have and doing lights. Um, so let's, let's average, pause on that yeah. for a second. So I think what he's saying there is if you already have an existing home service business and you already have a list of home service business owners that like doing business with your company and you already have employees in your home service business that you have trained and that fit your culture and your personality and like that, uh, then then what? It's just plug and play, right? I mean, that could exactly. very You might hire a couple six... other extra people, you know, you might need some more ladders, a little bit of material, you know, get the material and stuff, little hand tools, but it's not much. Um, but I mean, if you do that, you could probably do over 200, 250, you know, I mean, the sky's the limit, you know, it's just multiplying it then. So, um, but average person, I would say 50 to $100,000 easily, you know, if you got, it's you and a couple workers, you know, so. And let's let's talk about what's that season look like. Is it uh, the first season? Is that like two months of work you're doing fifty grand? Is that three months of work you're doing fifty grand? Probably most companies uh, the first year is going to start the end of October, first of November, um, and you're probably going to go you know a week or two into December. Uh, so you're talking about a six seven week uh, season. You know, for us though, our season is going to be eight twelve. 
about 14, 15 weeks because we've extended it and we do a lot of commercial jobs and they want the commercial stuff. And it has to be installed by like the 15th or 20th of November. And so we okay, start hanging I'm that having, stuff the 1st of October. I'm having like a brain meltdown. Uh, $50,000 in six weeks is what I heard you say for a newbie. Yeah. And then yeah. you said you've got, you know, $100,000 this week plus 125. You're doing a 15 week season. So you're probably doing over a million this year. Oh yeah, we're, we're our goal was a million, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna blow we're gonna blow that out the water. There's probably a good chance we're gonna do like 1.15 to 1.2 million in lights. So you're gonna do over a million in less than four months. Yeah. In one business. Yeah. With 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 no more than five crews. Yeah, no, it'll be five crews. Like I mean, think about it. Like you're just like that's just mind blowing numbers. Okay, so we have lots of Christmas really good questions, years, people. Like uh, I well, can you just make that a marketing thing where we're gonna put up lights yeah. in July and you're gonna put up lights with like this could be an automatic customer recurring revenue model where you do it like for Valentine's Day and Easter Which we have had, and you know, we have had Halloween stuff that we do it with and everything and you they have permanent lighting like Inception and other stuff that you can do um, that you can put on like commercial buildings and stuff that uh, once you put it up, then you can change it by an app and everything. It's all RGB. Uh, so that's there's there is stuff going that way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's super busy. So I don't want people to think it's just easy. You know, I mean, there's a lot of work. I mean, we work six days a week. Um, I'm here at seven every morning and I don't probably leave until, you know, most days five 30 to six 30 ish, you know? So, I mean, it's my guy sometimes are working longer hours, but my average technician is making this year, I'd say, uh, probably 1200 to $1,500 a week right now. And then the, the lead techs are making about 1500 to $1,800 a week. So they're getting paid. We pay them really well for it. Uh, so it's, you know, so good, good money all around. It sounds like, Oh yeah, no, I, I take care of them. We implemented a, uh, pr uh, production pay this year with them. So they get paid off the man revenue hour. So a uh, bonus. I'm going to, I'm going to let you hold on that, uh, for Martha. Yeah, but speaking yeah. of man hour, uh, revenue hour, uh, Elizabeth wants to know what's your minimum job. For so Christmas we, yeah, we started this year at twelve fifty. We upped it to this for residential. We upped it to fifteen hundred, and I'm probably sorry. Is this? It. Are you saying average or you're saying minimum? No, this is a minimum. So our minimum oh, wow. is twelve fifty, and then we went up to fifteen hundred. And I might okay. raise it again uh, to like two thousand, just because we've been so busy. Um, our average ticket is about twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars residential average ticket for us. Wow. That is a lot of Christmas lights. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, and then somebody was interested in insurance. Um, I, I, I'd imagine with the gutter cleaning company, you can. It's the same. Yeah. It's actually. That. So yeah. I, every state's Your a little different. It's comparable, right? Yep. So the, our liability insurance is the, is the exact same. I just put it on there that we do the Christmas lights and everything. Uh, and then for workers cop, it's actually the exact same because Georgia doesn't have it where you can split up per, for the employees for what they're doing. Like today they're doing gutter cleaning tomorrow. They're doing Christmas lights. They just put it in the category they think best fits your company for us. So every state's a little different for that, but for here in Georgia, we're, we're under, it's all the same. So. And we've been talking about having an insurance person on the show for a while, but uh, and none of us are insurance people, but I would just say have a very good relationship with your insurance agent and yeah. be very frank, open, honest, transparent in writing about all of the things your company does. Uh -huh. um, and then hopefully they can get you the right writers and get that all sorted out. I do you. see a lot of people though don't have a, the right coverage. They don't have coverage to be on like the roof. So they don't have commercial auto insurance on their vehicles. They're doing a personal policy and, that's a terrible idea to get go down that road. Um, I mean, I think ours is $4,500 a month for all of our insurances. That's everything for all the businesses every month I got to pay out. So it's, it's expensive, but you know, I tell everybody that I make sure my employees come home safe, you know, and that if something happens, they're covered or, you know, whatnot. So. Yeah. Mine's probably double that, but I'm in California and I have 50 insurance policies. Like, I love insurance. My insurance agent loves me. It's just, <laughs> it's sure, important right? to protect you. It's like, it's important. I don't want to think about it until I have to think about it. Um, okay. Denise said, makes sense for window cleaning companies. Um, and I would challenge you, Denise, that anybody who has a list of home service business owners and anybody who has an interest in Christmas lights could absolutely add on this service. Um, there are amazing education tools out there, like uh, the ones that Ryan teaches. So do you want to talk a little bit about Christmas yeah. light training for those who are like, I want to do $125,000 in a week? Yeah, uh, so how, how did they I'm do a, that? Yep. 
I'm a certified trainer of Clippa. It's a Christmas Light Installation Pro Association. Uh, we have a Facebook group online. You can also go to the clippawebsite.com and uh, we train you in person every year. We do trainings all over. We do like Atlanta, Dallas, California, Minnesota this year. Um, there was one in Orlando, Nashville. So we just kind of change them up, update some of the different places. And then we do some online ones too. Um, there's an estimating app in there that you get access to. Uh, but it's a two day training. Um, I think the in-person training is the best way to go, um, because you get hands-on experience. We actually show you and we have a whole PowerPoint and everything. We teach you everything from sales, marketing to, you know, a little bit on culture and stuff like that, but it's mostly the sales and marketing and how to install the lights and take them down and everything. So. That's so cool. Um, I, and I love the idea of in-person training and I love the idea of two day training. Like it's just, you know, get on the plane, get away from your company, go learn some stuff, get home and implement it in your business. It just seems like the perfect amount of time. And I know for people like my husband, hands-on learning is so much easier than oh, the yeah. online learning thing. And, you know, getting your hands on some on some lights uh, exactly. can be really fun. Um, that's awesome. I want to talk just finally about all of these different businesses. And this has been coming up more and more with uh, our guests on the show, with our listeners, with people I'm talking to at work, um, people who are adding on additional services and yep. wanting to know how best to structure it. So gutter cleaning, power washing, Christmas yep. lights, concrete coatings. Is it yep. all one entity? Do you have multiple entities? Yep. If you have multiple, how did you choose? Like, how do you how do we know that Christmas lights did 125 and that wasn't gutter cleaning and that wasn't concrete coating? Yeah, how, how do you great know question. That? So they're all one LLC and um, we actually were set up as an S corp under the LLC um, for tax purposes only. But um, and they're all DBAs. So we have separate bank accounts for each one. Uh, we have separate CRMs for each one. So everything's separate. So. Um, if you call in for Christmas lights, it all goes into that CRM. If you call in for gutter cleaning, power washing, it all goes into there, into that calendar and everything. So as far as, you know, as in my eyes, they're set up as three separate businesses, but as, you know, tax purposes, they all go under one LLC and one EIN number. Um, I'm looking at separating them probably sometime in this next year. We're actually looking at restructuring and making one parent uh, LLC and then um, split them off as their own underneath that. So I'm looking into that and um, I have some people that are going to be helping me with that and everything. So just because the size we're getting to, um, there's a good chance we're going to come really close to almost doing $2 million this year with everything. So it's, you know, I, I just want to start splitting off because you never know. I mean, if somebody wants to buy one of them, it'd be so much easier to say, okay, I want to sell this one off, you know, or whatever. Um, so I'm still blown away. You're doing like 1.1, 1.2 and uh, that's in four months and then you're doing two for the year. It's so crazy. I love it. I love it so much. Um, and uh, just like we're not insurance agents, we're not attorneys to recommend um, entity structure, but it does make sense if you run it, if you run all businesses through one entity, then all businesses are together. Meaning if there's a problem in one, there's a problem in all. Um, and exactly. there is a little bit of risk there. Um, if you are running multiple businesses each separately, then they are completely separate entities and separate from you. So if there's a problem in one, it stays in one. Um, and he, he's running it all through different bank accounts with DBAs. So it sounds like you have a different set of books for each of the entities, which is how you exactly. get good data about uh, concrete coatings versus gutter cleaning versus um, Christmas lights. That is so Yeah, so for cool. us, yeah, which I think is a very important. Like if you're starting off and you're, you say you're doing landscaping right now, you're right, and you're doing $150,000 a year and you want to start Christmas lights, maybe you don't, maybe it's not worth it for you to go set up a whole other entity right this second. So you can just do the DVA. It's really easy. Um, and then set up another bank account. And then that way you can keep separate books, keep it clean. And then if you want to, like we are, talk about eventually splitting it off, you know. Um, but I, I love having it split up because then you know exactly what you're doing, separate bank accounts and everything. So, And then I keep yeah. like one master a bank account that we pay payroll out of. So I look at what where payroll is that, that you know, pay period and I move the money from which account. So I look at it and say, okay, that this crew did this much, you know, they get paid out of this account. This one gets paid out of this account. So then I move it from each account. So it keeps it, you know, relatively clean. I just had that conversation with somebody. Um, so thank you for touching on that. Um, there's other things like overhead. So if you have a, a shared office for all the businesses, yep. you're going to have to allocate between the businesses who is using it, when and how much. But um, a good bookkeeper, a good accountant can help 
you navigate that and you having good data as a business owner should be the priority, like really understanding what are the numbers of this one section of my business. Um, I feel like that was so inspiring. Like if you're listening to this today or watching this today and you're feeling frustrated with your revenue, you're feeling frustrated with employees, like, I, you know, four crews, 125,000 a week. I just, Oh, we've had our struggles. So, I, I don't want people to just see this and see it as rainbows. Like we had some tough times when we decided to step away from our tree business. Uh, me and my business partner both were really unhappy. We hated our business. We hated coming to work every day. And we, one day we just looked at each other and we were like, we, this, this sucks. We can't do this anymore. And we just wanted to walk away from it, like from that business. And that's when we, we knew we had to take three steps back to like, take two steps forward kind of thing or take two steps back, take three steps forward. And there was like a six month period where we didn't, we couldn't pay ourselves because the revenue wasn't there. Like we were able to pay all our bills and pay our employees and stuff, but it, it's what we knew we had to do. And um, so it was, it was, you know, there were some tough times there. Uh, October, 2015, I remember my house was being built. Me and my wife were living with my parents or in-laws and her parents. And uh, my father-in-law one day looked at me and said, how do you get up every day and go to work? And I said, I have people depending on me for paychecks. Like I have to. And he's like, dude, there's so many people that wouldn't get up right now and go to work. Like I had five people quit in one day, like just quit. Like, and I had to get up and go to work. And I was like, there's, there's no other option. Like what's the other option? And he tells my wife all the time. He's like, your husband's really resilient. Like, he's like, that's why, that's why I tell everybody about him. And I'm like, you know, I was like, that's, it's, you know, and now that we have there's 22 employees, you know, as of yesterday that are working for us, you know, and that's why I do what I do every day is to get up to work, you know, to provide for them. I mean, my family too, but for them and their families, you know, so. I love that. We're going to save that for Martha. I just want to say one of my favorite expressions to my husband when he has a hard time is the only way out is through. And sometimes it sucks sure. and you're just getting punched every which direction. But the only way to get out of it is to keep going through it. Um, you can't stop. So uh, thank you for being that inspiration this morning, Ryan. Uh, I saw lots of heartfeltness from the other fight clubbers yeah. <laughs> over there. So I'm going to pass you to Michelle, who is going to talk to you about systems. Thank you, Megan. Hey, Ryan. Hello. Oh, tree service, tree service, tree service. Doug and Taylor just got back from the TCIA convention. So we work with tree service companies at Pink Collars and tree service is a hard one. It's tough yeah. business. So when you made the transition away from tree service, tell me where you went next. You went to lawn care, landscape? No, we did what the, was the next iteration? The uh, gutter cleaning power wash. We already had it going for like a year okay. and then we, um, we, to be honest, I wasn't running the business the proper way, so we didn't have a website. I mean, we were doing half a million dollars a year in tree work um, and Christmas lights, but we didn't have a website for the tree business. It was all word of mouth. Um, mm. So we really didn't have like a bunch to sell. So what I did is I went to a, another tree service and I said, hey, like I'm, I got these calls still coming in. So the first year they paid us like a, a royalty, whatever you want to call it, a commission mm -hmm. off any jobs I turned over to them. So that's pretty much what we did until it transitioned out and we sold all the equipment off. Um, that's where we said right. I had to take like, you know, two steps back to take three steps forward kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a tough time. Um, but, you know, luckily me and my business partner, both our wives have a really good job. So their their money was able to pay all our personal bills while we were going through that transition. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I, I tell people in business is uh, there's highs and there's lows, you know, and the highs <laughs> are so great. The lows sometimes are terrible and you feel alone and you feel like there's nobody else yeah. that does that. But I guarantee you, we've all gone through those periods. Everybody here, 100%. everybody listening. And but you feel alone at that time. And yeah. um, so I think that, you know, that's why I like telling people that is, you know, like we've been there too. Everybody sees the highlight reels, right? But nobody mm -hmm. sees yep. the bad stuff. So I like sharing that because, you know, and there's tons more other stuff that we've gone through. It's, it's, you know, but it's what, it's our story. It's what made us through who we are today and made us just resilient. So. So in terms of technology and moving from one business to the next, the power washing and pressure washing, what yep. tech are you using to kind of organize that? Because you mentioned earlier, you're using three different CRMs. That might yep. seem sort of counterintuitive to people. Tell us why you made that decision and then why the three are so important to be separate. Gotcha. So the gutter cleaning power washing is is a franchise. We were the very first licensee. They like interviewed 30 different com companies or people in the Atlanta area, and we were the only one they chose okay. to go with. Um, so we proved the model for them as a licensee and we became the first franchise. So they have their own CRM that's they built wow, and everything. Okay. So we have to use okay. theirs. It's really clunky. Got I it. hate it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I wish I could use another one, but we can't. We won't tell anyone. Yeah. We won't tell anyone. Oh, I told them. They know it sucks. <laughs> um, 
they know how I feel about it. So, uh, but, um, so that one we use for that. Um, I use customer factor for the Christmas lights and, um, I really like it because of the big proposal on it. Um, I've, I've sent out so many, like, you know, six figure quotes to put places. They're like your quotes, the most professional quote, uh, by far because of that. Um, so, you know, and some of them I've won, some of them I have it, but they're like, I always hear that back. Um, so I like that for that one. And then uh, we started using Service Monster for the concrete coatings this year. And um, wow. it's, it's it's working pretty well. Um, I, it, what Customer Factor had isn't what I wanted for the concrete coatings. So I, I had to go somewhere different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we, we have three different systems. Um, I would love to switch to something eventually that we could use across all of them, but <laughs> Everything, I yeah. have to make that decision. And, you know, so that'll be something we have to look yeah. at soon. So, so in, in terms of customer service, phone rings, right? I'm yep. assuming all, all roads lead to what your CSR, your office manager, who's kind of on yeah. deck to take care yes. of that. So I have, we had a, a, like a CSR office assistant and she's the mm-hmm. one that usually answers all the phones. My office manager will take any, you know, overflow and stuff like that. And then we just hired another, um, you want to call it CSR about a month ago. So, um, awesome. so there's three now, now in the office and then, uh, so yeah, so they take all the calls and everything. And do you route them by business or does everybody get everything and everybody has to have all the CRMs kind of open and ready? So right now that's how it is, but I can see us this year as the concrete coatings really takes off this year. We're probably going to move one person over to that side and let them do that. Um, This year we were just dabbling in it, getting our feet wet, kind of figuring it out and everything, but we really want to go hard with it uh, January. So I'm going to, that's what we're probably going to do is move one person just to that side. Um, the good thing is we use Vonage, so all our calls come in and we have them all flagged Perfect. for each business. I mean, I think we have like 20 Vonage numbers probably for all different marketing uh, and, you know, huge. everything. Okay. So we can track that's all huge. that and everything. And then we have different numbers for the business and each business has like their own numbers. So um, so that way they know when it, they calls, like who's what they're calling for. So. And what I love that I'm hearing from you, and I'm sure our listeners are hearing, is that you're not afraid to iterate, you're not afraid to change, you're not afraid to try different things and see how it works for your business. I think a lot of people get really trapped in choosing either a CRM or a system or how does the how does the phone traffic actually work? And it really does have to be kind of flushed through. You got to kind of work it out and then see what's going to happen. None of the systems that we choose are ever permanent, right? We got to no, kind of let them evolve. <laughs> they got to be fluid. And so how have you found, and I'll, I'll cue up Martha, because this is a people question. How have you found your people responding to that level of different information have you had your office folks or your csrs go oh my gosh it's three crms what are we doing or they see the path that you guys are taking as a business and feel confident in what's going to happen next how's that working uh, (laughs) yeah i think that's a great question honestly um i think first off it starts with your company culture and having buy-in from your employees and them seeing the vision uh yeah our office manager she was traveling working for a big corporation and she, she came to work for us and she took a huge pay cut, but she said that she um, wanted to be a part of it and help us grow it. And she said she felt that um, she could be a part of it and help us grow it. She, she believed in what we were doing. Um, so I think having those key leadership people and not anybody in the company, honestly, but the key leadership people, you know, when I hired her, I told her, I said, this is going to be your office. I'm just going to manage yeah. you. This is your office. You make the decisions. Like I have the ultimate decision, right? At the end of the day, but mm-hmm. I'd say 95% of the time she runs with the decision that she wants to do, you know, um, unless yeah. it's like, op, like, op, like I'm like, no, that's a terrible idea, but that very really happens. <laughs> it's her office. Like when we, when we hire people, I'm like, this is uh, Heather, my office manager, and she runs the office. Um, that's and, great. Yeah, so I give them the option to make decisions. I'm really big on empowering our employees to make the decisions that they need to make. Um, and because I, I I wasn't really good at delegating at first, I had to learn how to delegate, and now I love to delegate. Uh, mm-hmm, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm a very DI on the disc, like very high DI. So for me, it was I, I thought I could do it the best and do it quickest. But now I learned that like. I'm not, I'm not good at running an office. I'm not good at organize organization. Like that's terrible. It's like yeah. my weak point. So let my office manager handle that, you know, um, let my marketing so coordinator handle marketing. Like I know marketing, I know what I need to do, but I don't enjoy doing it. Yeah. So I'm good at managing these people. So I've learned how to delegate and manage them, but by, by, by empowering them. So I think that's really important. 
Well, that's a perfect segue to go to Martha. And she's going to talk to you all about people. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yes, thank you. Super, super cool. I appreciate it. I think that's interesting that you're a high DI because I am as well. And I kind of never thought I was best at doing everything. So that's funny. (laughs) or as as these ladies know i hate a hassle and most of everything is a little bit of a hassle so maybe that's why um so i'm curious 22 people yep and if it was one business i'm not saying that would be easy but it's easier and so i'm really interested in the accountability piece and like how you make sure everybody's doing what they need to be doing. And I don't mean like, you know, the daily task, but getting the results because I find that that's where people struggle is um, they delegate, but they kind of forget that next step of, watching those KPIs and so forth. Yeah. So um, uh, we've actually built a whole this year. We actually just switched a month ago to uh, production pay for everybody in the company. So it's all tied to KPIs. Mm-hmm. And um, so with that being said, um, it's really easy for technicians, you know, because you can break it down by their man hour um, yeah. and per truck and everything. And they get they get tied off of that. So um, that's been really good for them. They've loved it. They think it's awesome because before for my technicians, what's the way they make more money is work more hours. Well, that's, that's a terrible idea as a business owner. You want them to work less hours, you know, right. less overtime. So now they're working less hours or they're picking up more jobs to make that revenue go up. So then it's like, okay, well, at least now instead of doing $5,000 a day, that truck did $6,500. They picked up another $1,500. Um, and they took the same amount of time they took to do that jobs last year, you know, right. but they picked up $1,500 more. So that's worked really well, but then we did it with the office and our sale. Well, sales gets paid commission, so they're pretty much always, you know, based off of their performance. But um, our offices too, and then we track all the KPIs for them. Um, so we, you pretty much drive, you know, whatever is measured is what's going to improve, right? So whatever you want to watch and improve on is what you need to track. Um, don't track things that you really don't care about, right? Because that's just going to waste your time and waste yeah. the people's time. So. Um, so we, that's the things we track within our KPIs, um, every day. So my office manager, like she tracks it for the office, office people, um, and tracks their KPIs and stuff to make sure that they're hitting their, the getting results they want to hit. Um, I'm a very results oriented person. So like for me, I want to see the results. So I think that having the KPIs and having it all built in, we have it all like in a spreadsheet to see, so I can go in there. Literally I could go in right now and see like, she probably hasn't updated already for yesterday. So I could see like, you know, who hit what KPIs and stuff. So there's certain things that they have to hit. And if they don't hit that, then they lose their money for that day. So um, there's like a couple non-negotiables like for each position that they have to hit. Um, so I think that really pushes to make sure they hit those results, you know, um, that we're pushing for them for each position. Yeah. So when you switch to production pay, how did you control your quality? Because that's uh that's a big problem that yep. people have and they forget the other piece yep so they still get paid hourly and then they get paid production on top of it so um, that's how we did it um but i know some people pay all percentage wise that's how we do it and then so if they have a bunch of like callbacks that are neglect on their part that's not like you know just a customer uh-huh. being picky or something like that um then they have to go back and do it. And obviously that's going to make their man hour go down for the day that they have to go do the repairs. Like I actually had a crew yesterday that had to go do um, two fixes. And so for Christmas lights, and so that hurt their revenue, they would have been done at like three 30. They didn't get back until five 30 yesterday. Cause they had to go do those two fixes. So they get still get paid hourly. They're just not making the production pay now off of that. So it's going to hurt their hourly wages. So what I've noticed is that they don't want to go back. They, they're trying to make sure everything's fixed and they're holding the whole team's holding each other accountable because the whole 
the whole crew hurt, gets hurt by it. You know, if right. so-and-so doesn't for, remember to plug that tree in, right? Well, yep. now they all got to go back and plug that tree in. And if 30 minutes away, then they all are going to, it's going to hurt their bonus for the two weeks. Um, so I think tying that bonus into, you know, that man hour really, really helps it because then if not, that man hour goes down and then they, you know, they like having that extra money, you know? Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. So Dom has a question and wants to know, like, what if you can't send the same crew back that got the complaint? You know, yeah. how does that work? So we ha we ha we do have that because like a crew will be literally the neighbor next neighborhood over. Right. And they need a timer reset. So we we instill um, very good team culture here. So most of uh, almost every single one of my crews, they, they don't mind helping out the other crew or, or going to do a fix it for them because they all have to, they've all had to, you know, pick something up for somebody else or whatnot. Um, and I also have my production manager that he, we just bought a, a lift, a 64 total behind lift and he pulls that around and he goes and helps the crews as needed. Um, and then he'll do, um, he'll do the, some repairs also. So like the other day he went around and did some repairs. Um, so he does it as well, or I'll do it sometimes if it's on my way home or something, a timer. But um, we also have it to where if a crew goes and helps another crew, they get part of their revenue. So if they get done early and the other crew is going to be done late, they'll go and help them. And so we'll give them a thousand dollars of their revenue onto that other truck. So it takes it away from this crew and it goes to this crew. So that really helps them want to go help each other and finish the jobs and make it a team culture. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I tell them all like, we're only as good as our weakest link. You know, like we, we need to help each other. Like we don't want this crew to get back at eight thirty, and you get back at three thirty when y'all could have helped them and everybody could have got back at five thirty. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. So, um, Ryan told us about how with production pay, if they have to go back, how it pulls down that revenue per team. And then, you know, they may not get their production pay. You can also do it to where if you get any complaints that negates your production pay, or yeah. if your quality score is below a certain level, that will negate your production pay. So there's all kinds of ways you can do it and you need to figure out what fits your company culture the best. And like, um, I always say it needs to be like the way you do it is very, very visible, <laughs> visible to your employees. Like it's no surprise if they didn't get it or if they did, because yeah. it's not like hidden, numbers and sometimes with complaints if your employees can't see the complaints then um i once had an employee tell me uh we were just discussing she wasn't like a you know kind of a cat fight accusing me but she was like well i didn't know if the complaints were real or you were just picking on me and i was <laughs> like huh you know but that was when she finally got to see the complaints herself yeah. versus us telling her about them. So yeah. no, that's all. That's, that's really good. I, I think we, we've, we've showed them like emails and stuff or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but we do actually, you're right. So I forgot to mention on that, that if they do have like a, you know, a bad callback or something happens, or actually I had a, a crew the other day broke a light at a customer's house. Like they, the garland yeah. slipped out of a guy's hand and swung down and hit the light off the, uh, no, the house is a plastic surgery building. So we're fixing it. So I told them all, I said, y'all lost your production pay for that day. And they were like, okay, that makes sense. Like we understand, like I had to talk yeah. to them all in there, you know? So right. I think it's being very transparent about it and not just like hiding it. And like, then they get their check and they're like, well, why didn't I get as much this week? You know? Yeah. So let them yeah. know. Um, but we told them all that like, this is a bonus, you know? Um, so it's, and it's also really helped us hiring a bet a lot better uh, group of, people this year, the people we've hired this year, we hired, you know, probably 12 people here recently and we've gotten a lot better uh, level of an employee by paying, by doing the pay with the way we're doing it. And cause we're paying more also. Um, right. So I think that's has a lot to, you know, help with also. So I know like hiring is a huge thing right now that people can't hire anybody. And I tell people, I'm like, we've hired 12 people. We hired two people on Monday and they're like, how are you doing this? I'm like, honestly, Facebook. Yeah. Um, and I was in doing Indeed, but Indeed wasn't getting anything. Because, and I mm -hmm. had this realization, everybody in Indeed usually didn't have jobs. Mm -hmm. Most of them that we were, they were talking to, they didn't have a job. 
almost every single person from Facebook, I'd say 85% of them all have had jobs. They were just looking for something better and they're on Facebook because they weren't looking for a job. They just scrolled through and they're like, oh, that sounds fun. That looks like a fun job. And so we made a really cool ad and we've had, I put like $300, I put $900 behind it now, pretty much to hire 12 people. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, Dom has a question about how you moved from, or how you sold it to the employees when you went to production pay. But to be clear, you didn't go from hourly to like straight commission. You commission, went no. hourly plus production bonus, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it was a lot easier. Um, we went back and forth. I talked to a lot of people about, you know, straight commission or this and that. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the labor laws. If you don't pay them enough for their overtime and we have a lot yeah. of overtime at this time of year. So uh, for us, we made the decision, me and my business partner, we're going to do hourly plus the production pay. Yeah. And um, so I talked to some people I know that have done it and um, I'm part of Conquer and they actually have a whole uh, system built out already for a spreadsheet and everything. So I took their spreadsheet and just adjusted it for our businesses. And that's what I use. Um, so if, if any of the employees have questions, I can sit down and show them um, in real time. This is what y'all did. This is how much revenue you did. This is your man hours and this is what you get paid. And there's, there's a whole chart. So it's not like I'm just pulling numbers out of the air, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I told him it was a bonus. That's exactly right. Um, is that it's a bonus. This is nothing guaranteed. It's it's from, you can make from zero, like crew that can make zero to $240 a week extra, anywhere in between there. That's the max. So now, did you lower your hourly rate at all when you added the production bonus or? So great question. So no, we were, when we talked about doing this the past year, we were going to, but then with mm -hmm. uh, the cost of everything going up this year and inflation and everything, we decided not to, we actually kept people's hourly rate the same and didn't give anybody raises this year and told them this is, this is essentially your raise right. and they all love it. And they think it's awesome. And they're actually competing against each other now because they're like, I want to have the best crew and do the most, you know, man hour mm -hmm. and this and that. So they're, yeah. it's kind of become a competition and they're like, why is that crew have $5,700 and I have 53. And I'm like, well, look tomorrow you have 61 and they have 48. And they're like, Oh, okay. I'm like, just look at it as a, like an average, you know, I'm like, right. So right. And that's perfect because you have people wanting to get more work and when I asked you that question, I had a feeling that you probably didn't go and lower it, but it's now people are incentivized to get more in in a day and yep. that kind of makes up your margin for that. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. I, I mean, it's been literally, it'll be, six weeks to next week. It'll be six weeks. We've been doing it. It's been great. It's been, I wish we would have done it a year ago. So yeah. Yeah. Well live and learn. Right. And yeah. uh, we, I, when people ask me how I pay, I said, I have tried every single kind of pay out there, you know, and, and then I've stuck with what I have for the last few years. So I absolutely, and I think every kind of pay has positives and negatives. So, you kind of fit, you get what fits your culture. Yeah. And for me, I'm very pay for performance based. So I, I never want, I mean, I don't write a check, a paycheck anymore, but if I was writing a paycheck, I never want to feel resentful about writing that paycheck. Yeah. Like that somebody didn't earn it. And um, so that's, that's really good. Uh, Facebook, um, are you paying for ads for recruiting or is it just yeah. through you are? Yeah, we're paying. Yeah. It's $300. I pay $300 every 10 days for when we're doing it. Okay. Um, so like boosting it, you just go make a job ad. Yeah. And you pay yeah. to boost a job ad. Um, it's really easy. And, um, you know, so me and my marketing coordinator sat down and like literally like an hour and I said, Hey, we need to make this job ad. And cause indeed wasn't working. And we were literally a couple weeks out from maybe a month out from having to ha be hitting the, yeah. you know, Christmas lights really hard. And I said, we got to get some people hired. We'd hired like one person through indeed. We probably reached out to over a hundred people. And of the hundred, we probably set up 40 interviews and of the 40, maybe five showed up four or five yeah. showed up. So we switched yeah. to indeed. We switched to Facebook from indeed. And, um, the first two rounds we did, we had 40 people apply of the 40. I think we brought like, 
had 20 that said they were going to come in and of the 20 we probably hired like nine or ten of them so the, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a lot better than it was for um indeed yeah and um yeah it's been great actually so i mean and i just happened to stumble across that and had the idea myself and just like hey, i'm going to do this and you know what do we have to lose and it's 300 dollars, like and it worked so <laughs> yeah yeah that's great so I asked you all those questions because I'm sure people were like, how's he finding them? How's he finding them? And uh, I do think it helps game. a little it's, bit because yeah. Christmas lights are, that sounds a little more fun than yeah. you know, <laughs> some of the jobs. So, um, and when you pull them in for Christmas lights, do you, is that temporary during Christmas lights or do you convert a lot of them yep. to your year round we do so what we do is i hire them all telling them that they're going to be full-time employees through the christmas season we also give them a bonus if they stay through the whole install season they get a bonus for that if they're okay. like seasonal employee and right. then if they come if they come back for the takedown season and they stay for that i give them another bonus yeah. um and then if after that i sit down with each employee individually and I ask them hey would you like to stay Okay, great. Well, which company now? Which company would you like to go, you know, go for? And <laughs> then we talk so to them about cool. it. It's the only time That's we don't awesome. keep somebody is if they're not a culture fit. They're like yeah. a bad culture fit, or they have attendance issues, like really bad attendance issues. That's the yeah. only time. Most of the time, we like to keep a lot of uh, people, and it helps us grow the next year. Um, uh-huh. So that's worked out really well for us. And you know, a lot of the employees really like that too because they want something steady and if they've already invested with you and they like your company yeah. and the culture they're like i don't want to go you know most people as you know probably martha they don't leave a business because of money they leave a right. business because they don't like who they're working for or with yeah. exactly so yeah. Yeah. um so i mean so you know you got to do that and then you also got to be aware of if you hired some people that don't fit get rid of them they're, they're yeah. cancer you got to get rid of them they're gonna they're gonna spoil the whole bunch of apples if you keep them on um so you know we don't be afraid to fire people i mean especially during the christmas season we hire people and this year i haven't had to fire anybody knock on wood um i have one guy leaving after saturday he found a better job um he came to let us know last week and i was like okay that's fine like i understand like you got to do what's best for you (laughs) um he's worked with us for about five weeks you know four or five weeks so you know he helped us it's you know it is what it is um but you know, so it's it's really big. We're really big in culture and leadership. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, to coach the past year and a half, two years, really helped me in that situation, that spot of it. Um, so we, our why is family, um, but it's not our just our personal families. We look at it as our employees or families. Um, yeah. and then we look at it as our clients as family. So that's why we do what we we do. We have our you know when I sit down in the interview, the wall behind me is our like boardroom. And that's where we do the interviews. I have a uh, um, like a picture frame of our culture and uh, of our values and our mission statement and everything that they get to read. Like as we sit down the interview with them, yeah. so they know where we stand and everything. Um, and then they, uh, you know, we do a lot of stuff. We have snacks in our break room for them. We mm-hmm. supply water. We do company <clears throat> functions. Um, not during Christmas time that much. We don't get to because we're super busy, but the rest of the year we try to do once a month or once every other month. We took them to a uh, skeet shooting. We, we've gone to Top Golf. Um, we, we do all kinds of stuff and we'll we'll just do a paid day where we go do that. Everyone gets paid. Um, we'll cook them breakfast. Me and my business partner cook them breakfast on our Blackstone in the mornings. I think that's a huge one. I tell a lot yeah. of people this because or cook them lunch because when you get to serve your employees rather than mm-hmm. them serving you, it, it's a, it, it, it's a light bulb switches with them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a huge one is serving them. So we come in and early cook them breakfast. Um, some mornings before they go, um, we'll have them come back early and cook them lunch and then pay them the rest of the day off. Yeah. So I think it's really big about um, making the culture that you want. Um, I think that's huge um, because, you know, would you want to work for yourself? That's what yeah. I ask them every day. That's why I ask myself every day what I want to work here. If the answer is yeah. no, then you need to change it. Yeah. Man, we could go on forever, but uh, I, I feel the hook coming. <laughs> uh, I want to say a couple of things that, yep. so you're basically running like an internship program during the Christmas light season. You get to try them out and they get to try you out and then you're making your real job offer after the end of that season and that's 
awesome. Yep. Um, and everything you were talking about is taking good care of your employees, showing them that you care. And, you know, it's not super fancy. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. super fancy, but hopefully the listeners just get that part. And if you don't have the right people, they're not going to care about that stuff. The no. right people care. Yeah. There's a saying, mm -hmm. you don't build a business, you hire employees and they build a business for you. And I mm -hmm. believe that hundred percent. Actually, I want to get it and put it up in our, I haven't done it yet, but I wanted to get it printed out and put it up somewhere because I'm hundred percent believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tay, I'll let you start wrapping us up with homework. Mm -hmm. Homework. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so Ryan, we're going to go through and do some homework right now. You're more than okay. welcome to assign homework. Uh, you don't have to, don't feel obligated. Yeah. Save you for last. And then you can be able to go ahead and assign some homework as well. A reminder for our listeners, we are about to give you four to five pieces of homework. So please just choose one. Choose whichever one spoke to you in whichever category um, you need the most work in this week. And then please hold yourself accountable. We have a group that you can join to be able to access you know, us for information if you need help with your accountability or other um, business owners as well in the community that can help you accomplish that goal. So marketing wise, I'm going to give you two pieces of homework and they're both on the topic of delegation <coughs> or well, I should say delegation and automation. So first, if you are one of those people that absolutely hate social media and don't want anything to do with it, that's okay. Just admit that <laughs> and then bring someone on your staff or start searching for someone on your staff that can be able to handle that for you. Ryan was able to be very detailed today about how his social media coordinator handles everything social media wise, marketing wise for their business. So that's going to be one piece if that's an area you're struggling in. Second piece, if you do, do so choose, is automation. And that's going to be if you are looking for a review service, I do recommend you check out NiceShop. So I'll put both of these accountabilities in the group today. And if you have any questions in regards to them or need help, please feel free to reach out. And I do know Megan's computer was dying. So uh, okay. Uh oh. I got her. I can homework. go next. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I can text her my homework. Or her okay. homework. There we go. Um, so she is wanting to have you think of how you can make more money with your existing staff. So her and Ryan discussed how he has three businesses, how he's able to use that existing staff and be able to operate these three businesses um, under the corporation that he had, well, the one LLC he has right now thinking about dividing those out. So think about how you can be able to choose another business or another service or something else that you can offer your clients and still have that existing staff that you're using at the moment. Ryan's example was Christmas lights at first, if that's something that interests you. And that's a season that you don't have a lot going on in your business. Maybe you're up north where it gets cooler. You can't uh, perform your said main service. That's a great option that you can be able to reach out to Clippa, which is the company that Ryan does do some training for and be able to add on that type of service. Cool. And for your systems homework, I think iteration was my favorite word today. I want people to think about their technology and what they're looking for as they look to add on that business. So I'm going to put a link to Trello, which is my favorite brain dumping sort of system that I utilize. And maybe over this season, if you're a, a seasonal business and you have some quiet time over the next couple of months, put the two CRMs or the three different services or software platforms that you're thinking about and put the pros and cons on a list and see how you might decide um, how to bolt on some different technology to your business if you are adding something like Ryan. So I'm going to let you do that. All right. And I, my homework is pretty simple. Um, I particularly liked what Brian, what Ryan was saying about service. Uh, and he talked about literally serving his employees, but it's an act of service. So there's a book called the five love languages. And mm -hmm. I periodically give, there's a quiz. Um, I'll find the quiz and there's a quiz you can give to your employees and see what resonates with them. But many of my employees, it's acts of service. So figure out what that main love language is for your employees. And then, that's where you need to put your efforts. So it's 
probably acts of service, but you can check it out with the quiz. And Ryan, if you want to give any homework, you can, but you don't yeah. have to. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can. I think the most important thing is, uh, especially since we're coming towards the end of the year, is I would say goal setting uh, for next year and um, being really clear on what you want and where you want to set your goals. Um, I think both, both professionally for your business and personally. You need to do long-term goals. You need to do, you know, monthly goals, quarterly goals, and try to stick to them. But the thing I want to add to it is, so many people think failure is a bad thing. Um, failure is mm -hmm. not a bad thing. It just means you get to try again. Um, that didn't work. Um, I, mm -hmm. My son's three and a half, and I teach him every day. You know, hey, he's like, I failed. I can't do that. I'm like, no, you just can't do it that way. Let's figure out the right way to do it. And so I make him think about it, and work <laughs> through it. Um, but I'm a huge believer of that is, you know, don't look as failure as a bad thing. You set a goal of 2 million um, and you hit 1.8 million this year in revenue, let's just say, right? You didn't fail. You just mm -hmm. didn't hit the mark. But their goal should be so high that they scare you. Um, and then that and then I'll push you to try to reach it. So I see so many people try to push, do little, little goals and they're not pushing themselves enough. And the only spot you grow is outside of your comfort zone. So oh, um, and as Michelle's heard this <laughs> thing, I know she has courage over comfort. <laughs> Always, so, yeah. <laughs> always. I'll leave it with that. That's so good. Well, we uh, always end with a quote, Ryan, and I found one that I thought was really appropriate um, for today. And it says, no company, small or large, can win over the long run without energized employees who believe in the mission and understand how to achieve it. And that was Jack Welch who said that. Oh, so yeah. thank you so much for joining us. It was fantastic yes, to see you again. And we will be seeing you again on the road somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, Thanks yeah, so much, everybody, for joining us and have a terrific day out there. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Bye, guys. Thank you. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.